I don't think it's because he trusts me. I think he trusts you. Amen. And I think that should be a compliment to the church. I, I, I'm very hesitant tonight. I came very prepared. I, I have a message very prepared. And um, a very wise man once told me, said that it is, there's, there's two types of preachers that preach something at a new church. And that is a very, very <clears throat> gifted person, a genius, or a fool. And I was told I was neither. But tonight, I, I feel very strongly just to talk. Is that okay? If, if you want to hear a bunch of yelling and screaming, I don't know, maybe it'll happen. But I, I feel to share with what I feel very strongly on my heart. And it's not laid out in a bunch of notes. Um, this is not me. My wife's getting very nervous right now. But I felt while we were praying, and we came just a little before 7, and we enjoyed very much being here for a time of prayer, but I, I just keep coming back to the Scripture. And I, I don't know exactly what it is I'm feeling, but I feel very much the Holy Ghost wants to minister tonight. I believe that it is not the will of God for you to leave here feeling like you can't make it. Feeling like you can't go on any longer, feeling like, you know, it's, it's just not worth it anymore. And I, I, I honestly don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about this church. I, I really don't, as I said, don't really know your pastor. We have many fellow acquaintances, friends, but um, I know what I feel in God tonight. And I, I don't believe it's God's will for you to leave the way you came in. I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here tonight when we just happen to show up. I don't know who's here for the first time and who is not. I would ask you to raise your hand, but then it might be tempting. Amen. I might lean towards more of you that might be here for the first time because I'll feel more comfortable being my first time. But I can tell you this, that I have found that there are some truths in the Word of God. That if we can grab hold of them and understand how our God operates a bit, but more than how our God operates, how the enemy operates. And it seems to be that my, my preaching as of late seems to keep going back to that and back to how the devil likes to operate. And I, I, I don't like preaching about the devil. I, I don't like giving him credit. I really don't. But I have found through the years, and I, you're looking at me like through the years, you're just a baby. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. Fourteen years in Africa, I went there when I was ten years old, so you can figure that out. Amen. Forgive me, Lord. But I have found that, that the devil doesn't really seem to change his tactics very much. But at the same time, I have found that God's people as a whole, haven't quite wised up to how he operates. You say, how can you say that, preacher? Well, well, look around you, those that maybe have been around a while. How many people are no longer sitting in this place that used to sit here? How many people do you know that are not living for God anymore when, when they used to be on fire for God? I don't know about you, but I, I am genuinely tired of the lies of the enemy. I'm tired of him coming in and telling people lies. Let, let me go to the scripture that I found and I feel to read. And 
Forgive me, it's a, a few scriptures. Normally when I preach, I, I, I read one verse. This, this might be dangerous. We might be here till 11 o'clock, or at least I might be here till 11 o'clock. But I want to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. It says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I find it interesting that it's these three writing. It's one of the first letters to the early church, and what it is is a letter of encouragement. But I find it interesting uh, that, that they weren't ministering alone. I find it interesting that they were together. I find it interesting that even after they had left, that, that they still found the need to let the church there know that they all still cared about them. We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Draw your attention to verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Verse 7. So that ye were examples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. Talking about the church being examples. I, I, I just, I think I'll stop right there. I, I, I'm not. I'm probably going to stutter and stammer a lot. Please, if you're here, I'm preaching somewhere. Come back. Amen. But I, I, I just I feel to share this, and I, I really don't know why. I, I'm not one of these prophetic guys. I, I, I'm not here to read your mind or anything like that. But, but what I, I very strongly feel is that God wants this church to understand some things about how the church operates. I have found and I love studying the early church because I believe not a whole lot has changed. You say, what do you mean not a whole lot has changed? I have found that people over the years, over the centuries, a whole lot hasn't changed. I could take you to a place in Africa where people live completely different than the way that you live, but yet there are still principles that, that if you apply them, people are people. There's a saying that if you, if, you, if you have a church with a lot of people, you have a church with a lot of problems. Amen. How many know that life is full of problems? But I find it interesting how the, the apostles here, what they, they, they told the church was that they need to remember how they came about this. And they were reminded about their faith. They were reminded about their love. They were reminded about hope, the patience of hope. And if you go and read in 2 Thessalonians, the next letter to the church, you find out that they still were reminded of these very same things. You know what that tells me? Maybe not a whole lot of nothing, but let me just share what's on my heart and just see what God might do before it's all over. There is a reason why you, you are attacked the way you're attacked. 
We come into the church, we're on fire, some of us. Some of us are born into it, and eventually we catch on fire. Amen. That's my story. I wasn't insulting anybody. That was my story. But I find it to be so true that, that, that we come into this thing and our faith is so strong and we're excited about living for God and we can't, can't wait for another church service. We can't wait for the doors to open so we can be there to pray with our brother and sister and we're, we're excited about living for God. And it's not much longer when we come through the doors of the church and the faith thing has kind of just settled a bit and now we're working on the labor of love. Uh oh. Everybody hold on for a minute. We, we come through the doors of the church. And we begin working on learning how to love one another. We start finding out that those people that we, we had all these great hopes and these people that, that we thought were just way up here, we find out they're really just people. And we find out that there's difficulties in getting along. And we, we find out that there's difficulties in loving one another the way we know we should love deep in our heart. Don't get nervous. I'm backing up because I'm nervous. And then they go on to talk about the patience of hope, that we should remember these three things without ceasing. Why is that? I believe because these are three key areas where the devil will attack us every time. If you've been in, in the church for any amount of time, if you've been living for God for any amount of time, you can testify that this is the truth, that you go through periods and times in your life when he tries to take away your hope. He tries to take away the things that you have believed for. He tries to take away the things that, that you have felt that God had promised you. And he gets in the back of your mind and your head and convinces you that it's just not going to happen. It's all right. I know that's true. I know that, that he has tried it with me. But you know what? I, I've figured out how he operates just a little bit. And I, I just don't want to listen to what he's got to say anymore. There, there is a reason why what the apostles told the early church is still applicable to the church today. The devil would love to take away our hope. And when he takes away our hope, we're right back in the position of trying to get along and learning to love one another again. You see, when your focus is on the future and your focus is on revival and your focus is on seeing your family saved and your focus is on about your ministry and what God's doing in your life, you don't really have a problem loving one another. <sighs> Folks, if you think I came prepared for this, you come up and look at my notes. I didn't. But, but I, I really feel the Holy Ghost, and, and maybe it's not for right now, church. Maybe, maybe it's for some months down the road that, that it's going to help you through some difficult times, and you'll be able to stand up and put your shoulders back and say, Devil, it ain't happening here. You're not, you're not going to have that in this place, devil. You see, and then, then when you begin working on that love thing, and, and he begins attacking there, and he begins convincing you that it's not the way you perceive it to be, and, and that so-and-so saying, well, Oh, my... Can, let, let me just step out. Maybe I'm going to get in trouble a little bit, but I won't mention names. But somewhere between here and there, I, I was in a church and we were there early for prayer. And, and I'm praying. I'm sitting in the back, head bowed. And my wife wasn't there yet. She's not spiritual like that. Just kidding. She's very spiritual. She's got to be to put up with me. Amen. But to my amazement, some lady begin shouting and yelling 
And it wasn't a Holy Ghost shout. It, it went like this. Sister Barbara, I wish you would just stop. And I turned around and expected some demon or something, you know. And she was convinced that old Sister Barbara, I don't know if that was her name, but it was something like that. I hope it's not her name. She was convinced that, that this elderly lady had it out for her little children. And that all she wanted to do was cause her grief. And all she wanted to do was make her children's life difficult. And I thought to myself, my goodness, you, you, you don't understand something here. Why in the world would this woman show up for prayer meeting just to harass your children? It just wasn't the case. But what was it? It was the devil doing what he does best, trying to steal, to kill to destroy, trying to creep in wherever he can to convince us of something that is simply not the truth. Friend, you need to understand something. We are brothers. We are sisters. It really doesn't matter what my brother does to me. Oh, my. It really doesn't matter what my sister does to me. I'm talking about my blood tonight. You gotta understand something. I got a brother not living for God. I, I got a sister not living the way she should. And there's some things that have happened that have hurt deep. But you know what? They're still my brother. Still my sister. And I'm not gonna give in to what the devil tries to get in my mind that says, you know what? You need to just cut them off. You need to be done with them. What would happen if God's people would say, you know what? I understand something. I gotta keep my faith strong. I gotta keep my love for my brother and sister strong. I gotta not listen to what the devil's got to say on the subject. Because if he can take away your hope, if he takes away your hope, he knows that he can begin working on your love one for another. And if he can destroy the bonds of love, then he's got you at the root of the thing and he can take away your faith. The last time I checked, I am saved by faith. The last time I checked, my healing comes because of faith. The last time I checked, it's a faith thing. Hmm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you think for one minute you're not following man and just following God, you better think again. Because just here in the scripture it told us that we're not only following man, but we are following God. But there's still an element of man. When there's an element of man, there's always going to be trouble. But I found it amazing how the apostles reminded them of what it was really all about. It's really not about me. I heard it tonight. It's about Him. It's about my faith in Him. It's about my love for Him. It's about my hope to be with Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Let me, let's just, I, I, this is not my style, folks, I promise. But why don't we focus there for a minute? The labor of love. The labor of love. Do you, do you realize it is a lot of work to love one another? I don't, I don't feel a lot. Of, you know, I'm not preaching that unity thing. I'm really not. If it, you know, if it would get you excited, maybe I would. But that's not why. But love, there's a labor of love. It takes a lot of work to love each other. He can be a real goofball sometimes, you know. 
That wasn't prophetic. I'm just using man, forgive me, man. People will always hurt us. And it takes a lot of work to keep loving. But I, I love I love the way the scripture goes on and talks about the patience of hope. I said I didn't know how long I was going to be, but I promise I won't be much longer. I hope this all makes sense. But we, we, we need some patience. We live in a world, and, and, and uh, you know, I I'm, hope I'm not speaking out of turn. I, I really am a weird missionary. I, I really don't understand America anymore the way I thought I used to understand it. But I got a feeling, if we're all honest, we don't understand America anymore. And, and, and there's something about this patience of hope. You see, see, it's so easy to lose hope. Oh, my. It is so easy to lose hope. I want you, would you just humor me for a minute and just close your eyes and think about somebody you know that's no longer living for God? Why is it? Could it be because they just lost hope? Hallelujah. Please don't lose hope, friend. Please don't lose hope. Don't let the devil take away your hope. I, this, this is where I want to focus for just a minute. You cannot lose hope. You, you say, well, well, preacher, you just don't understand what I'm going through, what I deal with. You don't know what I see every day of my life. I, I probably don't know what, but I do know this. You've got to grab a hold of hope and hold on with everything that you have and, and, and not let the devil convince you that there is no hope. I, I, don't, I don't have to live this way anymore because there's just no hope. No, that's a lie from the enemy. You do need to live this way because there still is hope. I, I, I just don't want to go to that church anymore because I just don't believe there's any hope anymore. No, that is a lie from the devil. You need to keep going to that church because the fact is there still is hope. <laughs> mm. I need to give up on my marriage because there's just no more hope. That, that's a lie. There is always hope. I'm so tired of the lies of the enemy. The enemy convinces us that it's impossible. But in Luke chapter 18, verse 27, it tells us that all things are possible. You, 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 do, do you believe it's true? The enemy comes in and, and tries to convince us that we're just too tired. But Matthew 11:28 through 30 tells me that my God will give me rest. Oh my, I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost a little bit. I am so tired of people whining and complaining and saying, you don't understand, preacher. Nobody really loves me. But yet we see it all over this world, posted everywhere. John 3:16. But we don't really know what it says. But the fact is, God's already said that He loves us. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying, friend? There is always hope. There is always hope. You need to grab hold of it and say, God, I'm not going to let go. The enemy may come in trying to steal. He may come in and try to destroy. He may come in and try to take it all away from me. But I, for one, am not going to let it happen. 
How often I've had people sit in my office and just say, Pastor, I just can't go on. Forgetting 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 19, that says, My grace is sufficient. Maybe this is where it's at. We need to grab hold of hope. You need to leave here determined more than ever before that you're going to live for God with everything that you have. You're not going to be satisfied with just the, the status quo, as they say. You're not going to be satisfied just with, with the in and out of everyday living for God. But you're going to grab a hold of hope, and you're going to tell people about this God that you serve, and you're going to come excited about what God's doing in your life. You say, well, preacher, he's not really doing anything in my life. Again, that is a lie from the enemy. <laughs> how about how about this one? You know, we are so full of excuses. I just, I, I can't do it. You know, it's about time you figure it out. You're right. You can't do it. But in Philippians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 13 or 19. Forgive me. But, it, but he, he says that. What's he say? You can do all things. The next time the, the devil comes in trying to convince you you can't live this life, convince you that you can't say no to, to all the pressures of this world, and tries to convince you that, that you can't live this, this life that the preacher tries to tell you you need to live, and, and you, you can't live the clean, holy, moral life that, that you know you should be living, and you keep falling and failing, you know what you need to do? You need to get back up, put your shoulders back, and say, my God says that I can do all things. The question is, have you given up on hope? Have you been begin, begin to question your faith a bit? And, and if you've done it, friend, you know what you need to do? You need to get on your knees and say, God, restore my faith. God, restore my love for this truth. God, restore my love for my brother, for my sister, God. <laughs> Preacher, it's just not worth it. Again, that's a lie from the enemy. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells me that it will be worth it all. <laughs> oh, my. You think you got it rough. I, I wish I could introduce you to some people in Botswana where, where one in three have been diagnosed with AIDS as having AIDS. I wish I could introduce you to some, some young people. A young man who once told me, he says, Pastor, you want to know why I live for God the way I do? I said, well, because you love him. But if, uh, that's what I thought. He goes, well, do you want to know? I said, well, sure. He says, well, because I should be dead. I thought he had some car accident or something. But he began to de declare to me his escapades, if you know what I mean. And he could not count the number of other people that he had been with. And, and he began to tell me how he should have AIDS and he should be dead. But yet, there was no sign of it. Why? I believe it's because of his faith in God. Because of his love for the truth. And because he had hope of great things in the kingdom of God. You see, it is going to be worth it all one day. 
You say, well, preacher, that's great, but I just can't, I can't forgive myself. My, I've heard that so many times. You know, you know what that is? That's the devil trying to take away your hope. I used to try to tell people about why they should forgive themselves and show them scripture. And then one day it dawned on me, they don't really have to forgive themselves. Uh oh, shock some of you. I'll let, I'll let your pastor clean that up later. He can. What do you mean I don't need to forgive myself? Well, is, is it not the case that, that my Jesus said in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, did, did he not say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, I, I believe there's plenty more scripture, that he will forgive. <sighs> You know what that tells me? It tells me the mess in my life and the garbage that I've done and the places that I've been and how many times I've failed God. It really doesn't matter so long as I have the right spirit and I come to him and say, Father, forgive me. God, cleanse me. It's not about me forgiving. It's about him forgiving. It really doesn't matter what I think. It matters what he thinks. Oh, boy, I like that. It really doesn't matter what Rick Perry thinks. It matters what he thinks. Is it not true that we should have the mind of Christ? Is it not true that we should have the mind of God? Hmm. Well, hallelujah. Well, I just can't manage, preacher, but Philippians 4.19 tells us he will supply all your needs. I'm, a, I'm just so afraid. Uh, I'm so afraid. You know, you, you, you don't understand, preacher. Something wrong with you. You're, you're mentally incapacitated or something. You're 14 years in the bush. Now you're going to go into the metro area. You know, uh, New Haven. Where's New Haven? That's what I thought, too. And then I found out it's the last train stop out of New York City. What in the world am I thinking? Some of you are saying the same thing. But 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. <laughs> well, I just don't have enough faith. That's a lie. He's given everyone a measure of faith. Man, we, we could go on all night, couldn't we? <laughs> hmm. But preacher, you don't understand. I, I'm just not smart enough. Well, welcome to the world of Rick Perry. But one day I read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, where he says, I give you wisdom. I give you wisdom. Preacher, you, you, you know, that's great. You, you, you're so positive. God bless you. But I feel all alone. Again, that's a lie from the enemy. You lay your head down at night and... Shed those tears, and nobody really knows how you feel. And you think nobody really knows, but Jesus said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. That's the kind of God that we serve. Friend, we are never without hope. 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 
If you if you've questioned that and you you don't believe there's hope anymore and maybe you're just working on that whole love thing or maybe you've stopped loving and and you're just not sure you can live it anymore and your faith is in question, I challenge you tonight to grab a hold of God and say, God, increase my faith. God, help me to love this truth like never before. And when you've done that, grab hold of hope and say, I'm never letting go, God. Jesus. Would you stand with me? Again, forgive me if, if this has come out scattered and not making sense, but I believe that God wanted to speak to somebody tonight. God wants somebody to leave here encouraged and knowing that they don't have to think those thoughts anymore. They don't have to look at life the way they've been looking at life. They don't have to look at living for God the way they've been looking at living for God. You can come to the house of God with joy and peace and happiness. You can go through the days of the week knowing that God is with you and knowing that there is hope. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't know where you might be in, in, in these three things, but, but if this has challenged you, I want to invite you to come to this altar. I want you to lift your hands and your voice. I, I would love to pray for people to get the Holy Ghost, and I'd love to be, you know, able to leave here saying we have so many get the Holy Ghost, but I would love so much more to know 20, 30 years from now that there's somebody living for God because in this service they grabbed hold of hope and said, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. Hallelujah. Would you come? Would you come to this altar before you leave this service tonight? Would you recommit to your God and say, Jesus, God, increase my faith. God, help me to love this truth like never before. God, help me to fall in love with your word like I've never been in love with it before. Help me, Lord, to love my brother and sister like I've never loved them before. Lord God, help me to grab hold of hope. Help me, Lord God, to understand that there is always hope. But God, give me the patience of hope. God, let me understand that it's your time. Help me to understand that it's going to happen the way you want it to happen, God. Hallelujah, but I'm not letting go, God. I'm not going to be deceived, God. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.
You're with us every step of the way, Lord God. We can have hope in you, Lord Jesus. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Perry. Hallelujah. Praise God. That was rich. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Have hope. Have hope. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Just a great, just a great spirit of God here. Amen. I hope you, I know you've been richly blessed. God has spoken to you. Amen. Take it home with you. Amen. You're dismissing Jesus' name.